Hi, welcome to another edition of The Horse's Mouth. You're in The Horse's Mouth with John Teague. Um, I want to say come on at you, but that's just, that's just not, not what's going on. Um, it's been some time since I have done a podcast, um, and not through, well, laziness, I don't think, but I have, I've been away, um, and it's been... Yeah, quite an interesting six months. I had the good fortune of um, getting a film off the ground, which I'd been banging away at for a couple of years plus. Um, And we shot that in Montana, which was awesome. And I just couldn't take my podcasting gear. And in hindsight, I probably should have. A lot of good people to talk to. A lot of great people that I met and had the opportunity to talk to there in Montana. Um, But that all being said, I have the production designer... Lindsay Moran from the film Broken Ghost, which we made in Montana. She's here in Australia and very lucky to have her. So um, as a little exercise of um, trying to get the podcast back up and running, we had a, we had a chat. We had a chat. And it was, um, it was it, well, anyway, you can decide. Um, yeah, a lot has been going on. Um, and not much. It's weird, you know, it's weird, life is weird, um, and great, and weird, and great. Um, New Year's Eve, I lost a pet, a uh, family pet by the name of Kazi, Kazi Monkey, and it smashed me. Um, I really didn't expect Kazi Monkey to be leaving planet Earth so soon, um, and, you know, I suppose that's the thing with death, you just never know when it's going to sneak up on anything or anyone Ah, uh, but when I got that phone call on New Year's Eve and I thought it was mum just ringing to say Happy New Year and she told me the news of Kazi Monkey, it was it was a real blow. Um, so, you know, uh, always think of when, when people talk about their pets and, you know, how much it affects them. This is the first time that it really affected me on that level. Um yeah, so if you too are out there grieving for someone or, or, or a beautiful pet or you have your pet close by or you have a loved one close by, give them a hug because, um, oh, look, you know, I'd, I'd like to say, it's, I'm trying to, I'm not painting a rosy picture, am I? But uh, <laughs> that's just the way it goes sometimes. Give them a hug. Give them a hug. Um, yeah, I won't waffle on too much because this is the first podcast back in a while and there's just too much stuff to, to sort of fill in so I hope you enjoy my chat with Linz. Uh she's an amazing person amazing person so lucky to have her down here staying in Australia and so lucky to have her on the horse's mouth even though she's very reluctant to want this to go up I think I might have twisted her um, sufficiently um Anyway, I always say without further ado, because I never know what else to say. But without further ado, please enjoy our chat. What does that mean? Yeah, exactly. What does it mean? Um, responsible for sets and helping choose locations and coming up with the overall look of a feature film. Could be. Or a short or whatever. Theater. Uh, those are called set designers. They have a whole different title structure in theater. Really? Yeah. See, this is interesting. Is it? Yeah. Mm, good. I didn't know that. There was a difference. There is. Yeah, set designers in film are actually just the people who draft sets, but a set designer in theater is the same as the production designer in film. Oh, what? I know. It's mind-blowing. Um, yeah. So it's... Uh, there's just different title structures. It's all the same. It's the same thing. It's a bunch of same jobs, yeah. What did you study for? I went to school for set design for theater because there were no production design programs really around when I went to school. 
Or I would have gone for a film, production design for a film. When did you know that you wanted to do that? Um, I have just sort of been doing it forever. Uh, not forever, but since I was a kid, I was in youth dance theater programs in Santa Barbara. and You danced? I did. You knew this, didn't you? Or are you just know. asking I'm for asking. the sake of the podcast? No, I'm just asking. You mm. dance? What sort of dance? Um, I did modern jazz dancing mostly. Modern jazz. Yeah, just because mainly just because a family friend taught these classes and I think we could get in for cheap. <laughs> so that's what I did. So it was a youth theater. Youth dance theater program, yeah. So they would do musical t- theater. Musical theater. Um we would do two programs in the summer. They had um you know, one at the beginning of the summer, one at the end of the summer, a few weeks in between. Uh, and then he just did dance classes during the school year, after, like after school dance classes. So I would go to dance classes after school. How many nights a week? It was a long time ago. <laughs> I can't remember. Definitely more than one it was probably at least two nights a week probably more like three nights a week but i I really can't remember how old uh i think they put me into ballet when i was five but i didn't really stick around (laughs) in ballet for that long and then i did the other stuff until probably junior high school and then i kind of went into um they had like a dance class thing at the junior high school. So I did that while I was there. What did they call it? Dance ensemble. Mm. Um, and choir. I was in the choir when I was in junior high. You have some pipes. No. Mm. <laughs> I was in the choir anyway, though. There were enough other people to sort of drown out my terrible singing. So mm. I just went for it. Mm. Yeah. And so hold on. This all took place in Santa Barbara. Yeah. Where I'm from. Where you were born? Santa Barbara, California. You were born in Santa Barbara? Mm, yes, in Cottage Hospital. Cottage Hospital. I see. And so then you, 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 you sort of were hedging towards the arts through school. Yeah. Um, it was either theater or marine biology. Mm, uh, tough choice. A tough choice. I've always thought that I could kind of maybe combine the two. Nemo. Finding Nemo. <laughs> no, but like um, if I started somehow doing like underwater videography or something. Or a theater. <laughs> Just make an underwater theater. Finding Nemo. You can only come if you're a scuba diver. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. Well, there's lots, D- of, there's lots of content. Did you hear about this um, out at Catalina Island? There's some artists that did art pieces that are underwater in like the, there's a little kind of like scuba diving area off of the point on Catalina, um, right at Avalon. I was reading an article about it. It looks fascinating what he did. It's some weird thing with a bunch of mirrors and like you go inside and it looks bizarre. Oh, maybe I did hear something about that. Yeah, underwater. It's supposed to be really cool. I want to go see it. Mm. Collaborating worlds. Yeah. Art and water. Mm. Let's make it happen, John T. Well, I mean, that's your area of expertise. I don't know. Your area of expertise seems to be water Mm-mm. and ocean Mm-mm. and waves. No. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> then you're doing that stuff and you were doing the dance. Yep. And you went to modern jazz and then... It was marine biology or... Or theater. Theater. Yeah. So I, when I applied to college, I applied um, to a few places for marine biology and a few places for um, set design for theater. And I got into CalArts, California Institute of the Arts, um, in Santa Clarita. And... Um, so this is when you're 18? Yep. Yeah. yeah, I guess you kind of apply when you're a junior, I think, in 17. high school, something like that. Because everybody, the whole joke is like your senior year of high school doesn't really matter. Because you've, you've already gotten into college at that point. In year, 
when you're at year 12. Because you have, yeah, because you have to apply when, you have to apply, and basically, like, you know where you're going to go kind of midway through your senior year. Really? And you, yeah. Even like if you, you fuck up senior year. You can, you can just bomb senior year. Every, no, but that's why they call it senioritis. Never heard of it. Really? Well, There's a term in the States anyway. Senior happen here. Senioritis, where people just totally screw off their senior year because you've worked so hard to keep up your good grades and get into college and then you've gotten into the college that you want to go to and so senior year really doesn't matter <laughs> are people burnt out ah uh, sure i'm sure some of them are yeah Were you? especially the valedictorians um i mean i kind of burned myself out in my sophomore year <laughs> which is which year uh second which Second is year. how old? Uh, 15, 16. Burned yourself out in what way? Uh, what's this? That's a different podcast. No? <laughs> That's this podcast? Yeah, academically, <laughs> mentally, what happened? Uh, just, you know, a little of this, a little of that. I don't know what that means. <laughs> John Teague, don't make me talk about that part. What, what are you talking about? Burnt out. Well, there's a lot of pot smoking involved. Oh. Uh. That kind of a lot of drinking, right? And what you got? There was maybe some acid and you some mushrooms. Okay, (laughs) why did you go a little bit cross-eyed when you said that? Did I? Yeah. Um. So you were done with that by the time you were seventeen? I took a break. Um. My my junior year of college, I sort of stopped doing a lot of stuff. Of college, of high school, (laughs) I stopped doing a lot of stuff. Why? Because it was just like I could. I just knew that it wasn't very good for me, mm. and I was like, "Yeah, this is probably a bad idea. I'm gonna just mellow out on." Because you wanted to get into college, or well, yeah. I mean, I you, saw you, at that you at could that see point the, the downward spiral. A very but... good friend of mine, somebody mm. who you may have met at a wine bar um, in Santa Barbara, had had burnt out pretty hard, and she dropped out of high school. Really? Yeah. So that year junior year i was like oh time to clean everything up this isn't a good trajectory to be on and she kind of burnt out and she went the other way and she didn't go to junior year of college of high school she did this there was like this kind of um there was this program they had called i don't even remember what it was called anyway it had some name but there was like basically you came in once a week and you got a packet of work to do and you didn't have to go to class. And mm. you basically, it was a way that people could still get their GED and like technically graduate high school right. for the people who like just couldn't handle being in school. Mm-hmm. It was too much. Um, so she did that for junior year, but then she ended up coming back senior year. She was she was there in senior year. Oh, good. So she, it worked out. She, yeah, it all, yeah. She told me um, we met up years later, and she actually told me that. Um, she felt like I was doing quite well, and she was like, I've thought before, you know, maybe I should have just stuck to the program and, like, gone to college right after high school because she took years off. She ended up getting a degree. I think she might be getting it, like, right now, actually, in this last year. Um, anyway, but, but she's, she told me, she was like, yeah, I feel like maybe I should have just stuck to it because I've sort of floundered for so long afterwards. Mm. Um. So for all, yeah. But I, for, but for me, it was like I grew up in an environment, you know, with my parents, both my parents telling me there was another, there was no other option. I was going to college. That was it. And, you know, I respected both of my parents' opinions enough that I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's what I should be doing. So you submitted to college. So I submitted to college. What a tangent that was. Um, submitted to college and got into CalArts and went to CalArts because it was a really good art school. And I thought if I got in here, I should take advantage of this. Great. Yeah. So. Um, and so that was hard to get into and not hard to get into. Yeah. It was it's a hard school to get into. Um, there's a lot of people applying every year. Um, whenever the sort of list of top art schools come out, it's always in there somewhere. Mm. You know, it changes around every, all the time, but um, but it's always in there. So by this stage, you kind of knew that you wanted to be a um, production designer. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I applied for a set design, yeah. Yeah. Um, when did that come? Sorry, I skipped that. I missed that. Bit. So I went... So you were dancing so, and you were yeah, in marine in, biology and then... Yeah, because I grew up... Um, my dad had a boat and I'm a big scuba diver. And so I grew up on the water. Um, and I really enjoy being underwater with all of the marine creatures. Why not? It's yeah. Peaceful. It's so peaceful. The best part is no one can talk to you. Mm. <laughs> Nobody. Mm. Do you have a problem with humanity? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just nice to take a break no, sometimes. I get it. I get it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really nice to take a break sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yeah, where were we? So I. You were talking about the boat in Santa Barbara and yeah. you'd like to be underwater with the fish because you don't have to listen to any humans <laughs> at all. No humans, no one talking. I'm not messing around with my cup anymore. No. And Johnny just took my teacup away from me. Yeah, well, you were losing your attention into it. So <laughs> back here and present. Right. Yeah, so you're working out, you're stemming into being a set designer, uh, production designer. Oh, the part that we missed, though, was... Um, so part of this crazy high school experience was I was in the theater um, in high school building sets. So my sort of... the. The Part time, it, yeah. the time that I spent doing youth dance theater stuff, it just continued all through high school. I was in the theater in high school for four years, and uh, I guess it was longer than that too, because I did all that stuff in junior high. And then when it came time for college, I just, I just have never stopped doing what I'm doing. I just have always been working in sort of. Because I know when you're part of the theater, you kind of have to do a bit of everything while you're part of the group theater and you do sets and you do costume and you do makeup and you do acting and you do everything. And then you found it's shine to the, you enjoyed the hands-on approach of building sets. Yeah. Yeah. I was always building sets um, in the high school theater. I I did some lighting for a while too. Um, I kind of spent a lot of time doing not really lighting design, but doing a lot of little, this sort of legwork of lighting. Um, Putting cellophane over various lights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Colored bits of plastic. Yeah. Focusing. Uh, connecting everything to the dimmer board in a way that made sense. And then programming the show. Um, I think I probably ran the dimmer board a couple times. Mm. So anyway, you were you ended up at um, CalArts. Yeah, and I ended that was up at CalArts. It was a four-year program. Four years. Normal sort of four-year college program. Yeah. In the states, um, and they did a lot of very avant-garde, quote-unquote avant-garde theater, where it's super experimental. Sounds like a lot of nudity. There was a lot of nudity going on. Oh, you want me to get into the nudity now? Well, no, I'm just saying it's just, that's what it sounds like. Avant- avant- <laughs> there was. And yeah. experimental theater yep. just sounds yep. like... There were naked people. Yeah. All over the shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, cool. CalArts was a clothing optional school, in fact. Really? Yeah. So you could just not wear clothes if you wanted. What days did you choose to do that? Was that a, a uh, Only the days when I was on mushrooms. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> it's like, really? Your eyes just got large. Yeah. Wow, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. There yeah. was one day on mushrooms when I didn't wear clothes. Um, but all the other days I wore clothes. There was just one out of the four years? Yeah. Or just, yeah, okay. Oh, that was just one day of the week every... <laughs> <laughs> no. Just yeah. one day ever. Is that a highlight? Were you was, alone? Was it like Frank it was a Tank was streaking? Day. You were the only one streaking, <laughs> <laughs> or was there a groupie? No, there was. A, there were a few of us. Okay. Yeah, there were a few of us. Well, that sounds like fun. Yeah. As long as it was a nice warm day for the dude. It was nighttime. Uh, what? It was okay. nighttime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When we did it. Mm-hmm. Not as brazen. It wasn't. Well, it wasn't too cold because there was a jacuzzi. Sounds like a lot of class action going on in the jacuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This story just keeps getting better. <laughs> this one is not getting put up. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, so <laughs> that was the highlight of university, I want to know. Uh, no, no, that was what, not the highlight. Let's go to the highlights. The highlight, um, how do you describe the highlight of an, a crazy art school experience? 
I think every Thursday night when they would have the art openings were pretty epic. Mm-hmm. Um, Just riff raff. Yeah, everywhere. Should we talk about Dewey? There was this guy Dewey mm-hmm. who would just come. Uh, he would be naked everywhere, so he he would just come to class without any clothes on. Everyone just knew him as the naked guy. Mm-hmm. I've got um, a friend like that. His name's Googs. <laughs> yeah, for mm-hmm. real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here in Australia, mm-hmm. and he's naked. Mm, used to just be naked in random places a lot, but carry on. It's about really? Dewey. Yeah. Um, if you make it about Googs, but we're going to make it about Dewey. <laughs> um, so we got this new vice dean in our school uh, one year. And he came to an art opening and saw Dewey without any clothes on. And he didn't know all the rules yet, this vice dean. Mm. And the security guards there were told that you are not allowed to... Um, interfere with any of the students. Um, it's a, it was a private campus, so no cops were even allowed to come on to the campus unless they were called. And the um, the security guards were just told to let everyone go about their business unless somebody was asking for help or they could tell that somebody was getting hurt. So when this new vice dean... And did they ever? Help? Well, people get hurt. Oh, um... Or everyone was pretty, you know... Definitely a few people who like lost their shit. Mm. Um, yeah. Self-inflicted hurt, or lost their shit on other people. I mean, the students were all. F- I feel like smart enough, and we could tell when somebody was about to just go insane. Because I mean, it's the type of environment that's very, very open, very loose, no rules, and a lot of kids came from these very, very um, sheltered home lives Mm -hmm. in and just got like spat out into this environment and really went insane um just couldn't get enough paint on paper (laughs) (laughs) if only they were putting their energy towards that right uh yeah no they would just burn out on drugs and alcohol and friends and going wild and a lot of people didn't a lot of people didn't make it past the first year or two Mm. Um, the the dropout rate was super high, especially at eighteen. Yeah, nineteen. Yeah, I super high dropout rate. Mm. Um, so Dewey just rock up so, nude. So yeah, so Dewey rocks up nude as usual. Nobody is surprised. Although he always wore shoes because he was a skater, and you can't skate with bare feet. That's just silly. Um, and the vice dean told asked security to remove him and have him go put clothes on or something. Um, and the security guards tell, told this new vice dean, this very, very, uh, what's the word? Anyway, um, he didn't know what he was talking about yet. Fresh, green, new. Green, new, uh, naive. Mm-hmm. That's the one I was looking for. Right. The naive vice dean. Um, and they were like, no, we can't, we can't do that. He's, you know. This is a clothing optional campus. He's allowed to do what he wants. And the vice dean was like, no, you need to, you need to go tell him to go. Put, and they wouldn't do it. So finally, the, the vice dean himself goes up to Dewey, tells him, you know, you need to go put some clothes on. And Dewey's a funny and smart kind of a guy. And he didn't want to cause a scene just then. So he goes, yeah, okay, no problem. So he leaves and he goes back to his dorm room. And he wraps his ass and his cock in um, clear saran wrap mm. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and rocks straight back into the party <laughs> cool the dean's still there i can't remember what happened after that that was a crazy night that was one of the best I th- I f- was it the same one anyway in my head it's associated with one of the best art openings ever where there was a car that could just you could beat the shit out of it if you wanted to that was someone's art project it was like i'm gonna put a car in the middle of the gallery and a bunch of weapons and y'all can have at it. Mm, sounds like a Smash House kind of a... Uh, yes. Mm. We probably shouldn't even talk about Smash House. Someone oh, will well, steal the idea. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's that's kind of the kind of environment that Cal Arts was. It was very open. Everybody got a lot of tools to be able to really do whatever they wanted to art-wise. They tried to make sure that... Um, you know, you were able to do anything there. Um, and learn. And the, the idea was that you learned by doing. So, you know, you want to make an art project, 
go for it. Everybody would get these. You could have these um, credits that were that were towards your graduation. You needed so many credits to graduate and whatever. And you could do what's called an independent study with any teacher you wanted. So if you got, got together with a teacher, you said, look, I want to do this independent study project where I make this or do that or whatever it was. And as long as the teacher was okay with it, they would sort of supervise it, make sure you weren't just fucking off completely. Um, and 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 you could you could basically make up your own class. What was your favorite one you made up? Uh, I did an independent study. was involved with? study you know i don't know anybody who did a collaborative independent study oh, it was well, all indi- kind of individual indi- sorry i missed the word independent yeah. yeah it was all individuals but that would be really interesting to get a group of people together and see if they could like make their own class of it hmm. huh. anyway um i did one that was um for a cad program so i got kind of interested in like there were a lot of um yeah computer-aided drafting programs Mm -hmm. and classes available on various programs so i took one on autocad and then i took one on vectorworks which was around at the time there was no sketchup which is what i primarily use now for set design um but uh i had gotten all the way to the top of one of uh, one of the classes i think they didn't have that many classes at the time i think but um anyway the the teacher who taught the autocad class i kind of got together with him and i was like look i kind of want to dig a little deeper into this um, can I do an independent study with you? So I picked a project that involved drafting all of these really complicated shapes. Um, and I started asking him a few questions about how to do something. And he was like, yeah, I don't know. And I was like, oh, okay. So I kind of went and I worked it out on my own how to do this. And by the end of the class, he was like, well, you're going to pass this independent study because now you're teaching me things about it. So that was my only independent study experience was I got to kind of dig a lot deeper into this um, AutoCAD program, which is sort of like a really, really saying it like this makes me sound like just a complete fucking nerd. Um, But anyway, that was my independent study. You've got an edge of nerdiness about you and it's fine. (laughs) An edge of what? Nerdiness about you. No, it was like a complete closeted nerd. Mm. Um, Yeah. Sorry. That's all right. So then you, <laughs> you're allowed to be nerd. It's fine. Uh, then, uh, so you're out. So let's say you graduate. What was your first? Did you did you want to go straight into the workforce when you graduated, or did you want to go and goof off, or you just want to start work? No, I wanted to work because I was broke. What was your first paid gig? <laughs> um. Well, I had I had a paid gig while i was in college like over the summer but it wasn't didn't really have to do with set design so i don't know that it really counts no no it's not set design we're talking set design stuff art department yeah um i want to say my first paid gig in the art department was probably um hooked up through my mentor at school who was michael smith and there was a woman named tamlin wright who um had graduated a few years before me i think she got her mfa there her master's there at cal Cal yeah Yeah, i believe she was there for her master's um anyway but we we weren't ever there at the same time she had graduated before i even started and she was off into the world working in live television so she would work on like at the time she was doing these kind of mtv shows she was art directing not production designing yet she does now but um she was art directing these kind of large scale what's the difference between just let's just break it down art directing and and production production design design. so a production designer is the head of the art department in a film and uh or in tv and the um the art director is the person just underneath them who basically makes their vision happen so they either draft themselves if it's a small project or they are in charge of the draftsmen who are drafting the sets to be built by construction and they kind of they manage the workflow of the art department. Right, and as long as they're the, the hold on, the the, art they're like the manager of the art department yeah. essentially, and the right and, and the first assistant of the production designer. Yes. So okay, good. Does that, that make sense? Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Yeah, well, the production designer is the captain. Yeah. And then the captain art director the is the, uh, the first mate. Right. And so we're going back to the sea. Yeah. Now, uh, so she was doing that on MTV stuff. 
Yep. Yeah. So um, I can't remember exactly what show it was, but I, I want to say one of the early ones, maybe the first one, was the um, MTV's Bash of Carson Daly. MTV did their own version of a roast for a while, mm. and it was called Bash. Um, and they did one of Carson Daly back in ooh, 2003, I think it was. Um, and I worked on that as an art PA. Uh, PA means production assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, and Getting paid. Getting paid. Not very much, but getting paid. Yeah. And I was thrilled at the time to be making that money, too. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't very much, but I was like, oh, man, I can eat lunch tomorrow. Mm. This is great. I'm going to get some other than top ramen. What do you guys call it here? Ramen. Yeah, well, no, you showed me that, like, noodle thing that everybody eats when they're super broke. or what you Oh, like two-minute with... noodles. There you go. Oh, we have ramen as well, but two-minute noodles, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's basically, yeah, like, yeah, top ramen yeah. is the equivalent yeah. oh, in no, the States. Oh, migoring. Cameron loves migoring. Yeah, anyway, all right, yeah, same thing. It's a fancy two-minute noodle, but fucking full of shit. Or cup of noodles. Terrible, bad, That's what we eat. Anyway, yep, so you're eating lots horrible of noodles. horrible for you. It's probably why I have so many digestive problems now. Oh, yeah, anyway, yeah, let's not talk about those. Um, so, so yeah, and then um, also, what did we do? Uh, there was a, a Nickelodeon... Um, a Nickelodeon kids, like award show what the heck was it called i don't know this was the first gig or this, this is one of them one these of were the all kind of like i i worked with her on a bunch of different gigs right in the beginning yeah this would have been one of them yeah so you, um, you guys bugged up and she took you along for a ride yeah she took me on to a few jobs with her and then she recommended me to um to people that she had worked with before um on the oscars so i got to work on um on the Oscars, which was like a really big deal for me at the time, obviously. Yeah. So the Oscars, then, then did you sit in on the Oscars? Yeah, I was in the third row. And you wore a gown? Yeah. I had a friend from CalArts who was a costume designer make me a, make me a. Just make you up, whip you up something? Yeah. Awesome. Who did you sit next to? I sat next to Chris Cooper. Who is? He was on my left. Bradley Cooper's brother. <laughs> I don't think they're related. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> that would be weird. No. Um, yeah. Chris Cooper was there. And then I was right behind, right in front of me was Jack Black and Will Ferrell. So it was like awesome. having my own private peanut gallery for the entire very long four and a half hours that was the Oscars that year. Were they goofing off? They were fantastic. Yeah, they were goofing off. Um, at one point they had to, because they were also presenting, they like pull oh. pe- they, they'll pull people celebrities out of the audience and they have these seat fillers that are all in tuxes just standing by on the sidelines waiting to be put in during a commercial break where they had to pull somebody out so that the audience never looks it always looks 100 percent full yeah um so (laughs) they pulled out will ferrell to go do a presentation or whatever he had to do for the next segment and they put in this seat filler and jack black just very slowly he's just sitting there really stiff as they're putting the seat filler in, and he wouldn't look at him. And then all of a sudden, he just very slowly turns his head towards the kid and looks at him, and it gives him this crazy look. And the kid is like, oh, my God. He's, like, cowering in the seat next door. And then Jack Black just kind of goes like, ah, and, like, attacks him. It was hysterical. This poor kid was laughing, finally. He, like, broke the ice with him. It was very funny. Was Will Farrell trying to talk while this was going on? trying to talk what during the show no, or just like, during this yeah or was everyone focused on this or this was just like no no this was just something jack black did in the audience for the hell of it and did to did, this did, poor yeah, seat people, filler were everyone watching that or what was happening on stage no no everyone's watching well that was during a commercial break uh, okay so everyone was just fucking off yeah yeah because yeah, he had just sat down yeah okay <laughs> and who else was nearby i don't know i was in the third row of the oscars everybody yeah Everybody was there. Okay, cool. So then, all right, so you've obviously worked now. You've worked in the industry for a long time. How many years? 30. Well, <laughs> fuck <laughs> wit. Um, no, uh, I mean, since I, I graduated from college in 2003, and I started doing stuff in the art department Yeah. pretty much right away. I mean, there have definitely been peaks and troughs in my career. Yeah. Um, as I think most of us have, in unless life. you're, yeah. Yeah. It's never um, a straight arrow and straight shot. 
Um, so, uh, all right. So then, what's been the favorite? What's been your favorite project? Oh, that's a toughie. Oh, come on. That's have a, a tough one. Yeah. I do, I'd have to say Broken Ghost. Oh, really? That's <laughs> like an amazing movie. Um, outside of that amazing movie, what would you think? Um, it's hard because the, the lower budget ones are really tough to work on, but some of them have a bigger heart. Uh-huh. Um, but then... And they're usually very disorganized. But then, but then some of the bigger projects are so it's so cool to get a glimpse into that like massive budget world um with all that comes along with it i can't it's i don't even know that i can pick a best of i mean all right who who have you been most impressed with professionally on set like a celebrity or somebody whatever it doesn't matter uh i really really enjoyed working with um willem dafoe wow he was um, he was the star in these three short films that I worked on through uh, a company called Trigger Street Productions, mm. um, which is Kevin Spacey's company. And they did this film competition thing. They still do it. I just don't I haven't done it for the last couple of years. But uh, they'll pick three people from around the world to come and direct their short film script. And what they win is that they're script gets made they get to direct it and a celebrity stars in it so um they have the same celebrity star in all three of the films and they they do this thing every year so that year that we did it it was willem dafoe starring and he was just he was just lovely i mean anybody who felt intimidated or awkward around him he would just he just had a really graceful natural way of relaxing them um so that they could like mellow out and just do their job Mm -hmm. um which was lovely because a lot of people like i've seen in that same situation um some celebrities just they'll just railroad people who are intimidated but people who get a bit deer in the headlights in front of them yeah and they just Uh, play on it not play on it or just just sideline them like just they don't they don't care enough to make them feel okay. Yeah. Um, and, and he did, and it was lovely to watch. Show a little compassion. Yeah, mm. um, because they don't have to. No. But it's it's nice when they're when they're not jerks. Who hasn't? I'm not going to say, <laughs> but I've seen it happen. I bet. Yeah, I've definitely seen it happen. Um, but I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not because you're that girl, so yeah, you, well. you can have a crack at it if you want. Uh, no. Um, um so so yeah he he was awesome and um part of one really fun thing on that set was that um there was a a scene where he had to play ping pong and um and he was like I haven't even played ping pong in ages so we had a little bit of downtime and I was there and he's like Lindsay can you just sit here with me and play ping pong for a while so that I can get used to it before I have to shoot the scene where I'm playing ping pong. I was like, yeah, sure. So there we were just like for a few hours playing ping pong together um, on the set in the middle of like a really nasty area of Hollywood. <laughs> it was very Where? Ran- which part of Hollywood? Very random. I mean, not that nasty. Uh, it's a weird spot. It's like between Venice and Washington, but... Um, it's an area where you probably have never been. Mm. I think it's a street called Westmoreland. There's a bunch of really big um, like craftsman houses, massive ones, um, in this one area between Washington and Venice Boulevards, like um, farther farther east than Culver City, mm-hmm. like between there and downtown. Anyway, and it's probably a while ago, and it's Badlands. Huh? And it was a while ago, and so it was sort of a bit badlandish. Yeah, well, it wasn't that long ago. It was probably four years ago. Mm. Anyway, so there you were, smacking the ball with Willem Dafoe. Yeah, smacking the ping pong ball around. Did you beat him? Well, we weren't really playing for points. We were just mm-hmm. trying to volley back and forth. Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh. Yeah, but the, he just—he was—he just had a really nice way about him, and he was. He was sweet, and we got along well. We would. There were other things. I had to put him in a trash bag, <laughs> as well. 
What? <laughs> uh, there was a scene where, so that in one of the short films, he was a robot, oh, yeah. and he got thrown away. And so oh, no. I had to put him in a trash bag. I had to put Willem Dafoe in a trash bag. Like legs out, like in a bodysuit style? Or like... <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah we, had to, we had to wrap him up in a massive piece of plastic and put him literally out with the trash, laying amongst trash cans. Not and real he trash. Would... No, it was like, you know, movie trash. Yeah. Um, but he had to do this thing where he made he had to make his body like stiff as a board to make him look kind of like robotic mm. and lay on an angle with a trash can underneath his torso and his feet on the ground and he and he like a plank like a plank yeah but uh on his shoulder so like he side was still face side plank <laughs> facing the camera and he was actually talking about it um in yoga terms he was like oh so i need to kind of do like a side yeah. plank yeah. but with a trash can where my arm would be um and we were like yeah yeah, that, yeah get the core going. right yeah the core. and he was core. like he was like just all gung-ho about it he was like yeah i think i can do this i do yoga this will be great um, so we get out there, and he because he was wrapped up in plastic, his feet kept sliding. Um, so he had me uh, stand just off camera, um, and they shot it where they just barely couldn't see me. And I'm there, like, so that his feet are sliding into me instead of, so, you know, I just yeah, gave him so something. slipping out. Yeah, instead yeah. of slipping out from under him. Now, can you, did you ask him <sighs> anything about Platoon? No, I didn't. Oh, how could you not? Well, I don't know. I, was just, I don't really see Elias. much platoon. Elias. Oh, my <laughs> God. That's one of the most powerful fucking scenes in... Really? Yeah. God. Oh, he is fantastic. He's such a good actor. Yeah. Such a good actor. And just a sweetheart of a human. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I know. I, I always like it when there's somebody who I really respect um, and they turn out to just be a really good all-around person. You can kind of get a sense of that about him. Sometimes. Yeah, oh, from him. I, I think yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. Nice. And all right, what else? Come on, give us some more. <laughs> more dirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What else do I have? Who else was fun to work with that you didn't think would be? Fun to work with that I didn't think would be. Yeah. Well, I don't really judge people ahead of time. Um, really? You're an exceptional, exceptional well, human. Well, I try not to. Um... Everybody said Uma Thurmond would be a pain in the ass, and some people thought that she was, mm -hmm. but I thought that she was fine, but a lot of people, not so much. Mm. She was fine with me. Oh, that's good. Um, I had to deal with her with a few props that had to like fit to her. And um, She tall? She's so tall. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I got along great with her, but, um, but yeah, production hated her because mm. <laughs> she... She didn't like her trailer. Oh really? Yeah. What wasn't it? Wasn't a Dreamliner? What was it? What wasn't? Oh no, definitely not. Anyway, it was a lower budget thing, so mm, okay. yeah, you can imagine what it might have been like. Yeah. Um. All right. Cool. So, and tell me, what else is going on? In, uh, you've written a cookbook. Yeah, I've written a cookbook. So uh, let's talk about the cookbook. Um. My mom and a group of friends have been getting together for like the last 20 years or so um, and doing this thing, this sort of gourmet potluck thing. And one of them, Gail, is an avid camper and she... Um, potluck. When you yeah, still bring like, something to someone's house. Yeah, everybody cooks a thing mm. and you all show up for dinner to someone's house. Um, so Gail, the avid camper of the group, has kind of gotten everybody to migrate this gourmet cooking experience to the campsite. So, um, Were you campers before that? Um, I mean, I've been camping many times in my life, but um, really, I don't know how long they kind of have been really picking up this camping thing, but Gail goes all the time. Like, she'll go by herself every other weekend where, where does she go she goes to big sur a lot yeah um good campgrounds up there fantastic mm -hmm. some of the best cool yeah so she scoots on up there and does a little bit of solo cooking and enjoying the wilderness yep Is and then bears? what bears uh not really bears and big sur oh, okay yeah all right anyway <laughs> um 
Anyway, so uh, so yeah, so we were all sitting around the campfire um, one evening, and my mom is sort of the the good cook of the bunch, and um, she's got just tons of good recipes sort of in her head. And for years, I've been telling her that she needs to write some of them down. Mm. Um, so this was kind of great experience just to get some of those awesome recipes out of her and onto paper. Um, and Gail also happens to own a business um, which teaches people how to self-publish books. What? Yeah. She calls herself a book Sherpa. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and then I have this design background. Um, I did a bit of graphic design while I was at CalArts, and I have all the um, computer computer programs to, um, you know, to lay out a book mm. and such. Um, and I kind of just uh, was screwing around one day at the campsite, and I wrote. I think I wrote like an introduction, an introduction to one of the what would be one of the sections of the book. Mm. Um, and they read it, and they were like, "This is hysterical. We need to." Uh, we should do this. We should just make a book. <laughs> we have all the parts. Let's make a cookbook. So, so we did. You're a bit of the catalyst here. Um, a little bit. Well, all three of us. No, no because it was Gail's know. idea. Okay, yeah. Well, she claims it was her idea. My yeah. mom will say it was her idea. It sounds like to me <laughs> that if you wrote a little blurb and they all went, we should do this, then that was, no, it was, it was a collaboration. I'll just it was a collaboration. It was. Yeah. Um, they were talking about doing it before I got there, but when... But I think that they probably were at a bit of a stopping point because they knew they could test recipes. They knew they could write them all down. Um, and I kind of said, well, I can help you assemble it. You know, that was kind of my involvement from the beginning was like, I'll just help you put it all together. Um, and I kind of ended up being the writer and the illustrator because I wrote that sort of section um, for it. But yeah. Um, so how many recipes have you got? There's about 140 recipes. Awesome. How um, many vegetarian ones? Oh, I don't have a count, but there are quite a few. Mm. And in the back, in the index, there's a there's a, a list under vegetarian of all the vegetarian recipes in the book. Banging. And so... Banging. <laughs> banging. <laughs> um, what's it called? It's called The Gourmet Girls Go Camping. Yeah. Um, and you can get it on our website. What's the website? The website is uh, gourmetgirlsonfire.com. Gourmetgirlsonfire. Yeah, that's what we call ourselves, Gourmet Girls on Fire. Is that because you ate too much chili? You burnt the house down? No, it's because like, we like to light fires and stuff and then cook over them. Oh, you're on fire. On fire. We're on fire. We're yeah. making a book. Yeah. We're all lit up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So you can get it on the website. We're all fired up. Yeah. Um, right. You can order it on Amazon as well if you really, really want them to make most of the money off of the book. If you want us to make most of the money off the book, you should order it from our website. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's good. All right. That sounds good. And what? What? Uh, what else? I don't know, Tiggy. What else? I don't know. I don't know. What's next? What's next for you? What's next for me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm here in Australia for a little while longer. Yeah. Until about the 25th. And then I'm going to head back to L.A., um, unpack my bag from this lovely summer, mm -hmm. and repack for winter, mm -hmm. and then ship off to Montana to do another film. Really? Yeah. And what's that film about? Uh, it is a... An 18, sort of mid-1800s Western uh, in which we will build an entire town and then burn it to the ground. Fucking gourmet girls on, on fire. On fire, I'm telling you. Set designers on fire. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is going to be my next website. So it's, it's going to be cold and you're still going to burn it to the ground. But cold. Uh, well, we need to really it's just a way to heat up the set. Like they don't want to pay for heat, so we figured we'd just burn the sets as we shoot them for heat what oh, i'm okay. kidding yeah I know. um all right so <laughs> <laughs> who's directing that movie richard gray richard gray yeah he's a very popular australian director yeah yeah and you've worked with him before once really mm. on uh on a lovely little film called broken ghost mm, i like these eight little <laughs> <laughs> i'm getting in trouble i better nah, shut up that's good so you're going back to work with richie on that yeah and then that's going to take you through till who knows? Uh, till about the middle of June. 
So you've started prepping for that? Yes, I have started prepping for that. I've been doing um, very much work. Very much work, very good. Mm. And who's any stars in this movie? Maybe. Maybe. What you? I don't know. If I'm allowed to, I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about it yet. Oh, yeah, that's fair enough. Right? Yeah. Fair enough. Because if it doesn't happen, yeah, they don't want that to get out. A western, a western called Earth Salted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I usually don't talk about scorched work. earth. I usually don't talk about work at all ever. I can tell because I get in trouble. Right. Anytime I've posted anything on social media, even mm. if it's like the most mundane thing about work, yeah, I get my hand slapped. Who by? Producers, whoever wants to fucking smack me around and tell me what to do. Look, Willem Dafoe. No, he doesn't care. Yeah. Dana Brunetti once. Who's Dana Brunetti? He is a big time producer Should with Kevin Spacey. Yeah. I don't care. This is not going up. Yeah. No. Mm. Anyway, he got mad that I put something up about Uma Thurman once. It was so mundane too. And he posts about stuff all the time. Mm. Mm. Pot calling the kettle black. Exactly. Mm. I'm going to be editing the shit out of this mm. before you put it up. Yeah, but we don't edit this. It's the horse's mouth. Stop it. <laughs> um, awesome. All right. Well, before we get into much more trouble, Lindsay, thanks. Mm. You're the best. Yeah. Yeah, you sound stoked. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you sell heaps of copies of your book. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. Heaps. Heaps and heaps. <laughs> Heaps. Heaps of copies. Yeah. How's the Australian going? Here, my Australian? Yeah. Um, well, it's a lot like English. You just have to like... Bogan it. Bogan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You yeah. just have to walk around with salt in your hair when you say stuff. Yeah. And what about what the neighbors are saying? <laughs> uh, what were they saying? Um, yeah. They're, they got in a fight. Uh, the neighbors got in a fight with the gardener. About um, cleaning out the leaves from in front of the shed, and there was there were cuss words. What do they say? <laughs> Something about uh, clean up the leaves from in front of the. What was he? He was saying, um, "You don't clean up the leaves. Yeah, do. Yeah, fucking do. No, you fucking don't. <laughs> no, you fucking don't." you <laughs> and then just left awesome well that's a great way to finish up <laughs> thanks Lindsay Moran you're welcome John Peace. bye bye alright there it is there's my chat with Lindsay Moran um, wherever you are wherever you are I hope you're enjoying yourself hope you're having a good day good night afternoon morning Whatever it is, wherever you are. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed listening to the lovely Lindsay Moran. And be well. Be well. Try wear a smile. Try seize the moment. Whatever it is that means. Uh, yeah. Till next time. Adios, mi amigos. Ciao. I just want